Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Kia ora everyone. Welcome back to your bona fide favorite pop culture podcast. We are joined today by someone you all know and love. We're writing a book together. We live in Lisbon together. Of course, she is the person of our dreams to be on this podcast, Belle Hawkins. Belle, you're not even at home. I know. It's like we're having this micro long distance relationship. I'm beaming to you live from my co-working space um, in a little like phone booth. So if you can hear some like um, extremely optimized digital sales marketers in the background, <laughs> it's absolutely not my kind of like ambient track playing. Um, it's real life and that's what we're about. I love it. And if everyone, I know I apologize every week, but if you can hear like a dog barking, the rain falling down, <laughs> cars outside, school bells, the aviary we live next door to, the usual caveats apply. Although, Belle, we did just find a button that said background noise reduction or something, so we've pressed it. <laughs> we've pressed it, but maybe that's part of the charm. I mean, we are just real-life women in the real-life world, so you know, strap in and maybe it sounds more cinematic that way. And, no, and people are just thinking, no, can you guys actually just please get a proper studio? And yeah. actually, <laughs> we can't, everyone. I am loving, like, like, there's something extremely teenage girl about watching you right now under a duvet and I look like I'm in a wardrobe. It kind of reminds me of when I was learning drums at high school and I had, like, a little tiny drum shed yes. thing. Um so it feels like we're like 15 and trying to start um, a band. A band, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Belle, what describes your week this week? Okay, I need to be really honest, which it's not doing wonders for my podcasting reputation because this happened last time. I was hungover last time we recorded a podcast. <laughs> really? I Oh, I don't. Oh, was it a book club podcast? It was for the book club, and and it's really starting to sound like we're living fast and loose loose here in Lisbon. But you know what? Maybe we bloody are, and I'm all good about it. But the word that's going to describe my week is like, or like, okay, two words, but living vividly. Okay, <laughs> it sounds a little bit like motivational quote, but I don't know. Like, it's. Uh, I just feel like ever since we moved here, life has just been like totally dialed up and I've just been having a lot of who cares moments, a lot of rat girl dinners, a lot of like accidental late nights out on a weekday, which I would never do in my old life. And all these crazy things are happening from living vividly. So um, I want to take that as like 
a kind of impetus for other people to like indulge in a bit of vivid living so I feel like in the like middle of winter or the middle of the year even you just like six weeks can go by and you can't really just like tell what's really been happening um really did the opposite um and now I'm living through what may go down in history as the longest day of my entire life (laughs) yeah okay I first of all I love the honesty so I'm gonna throw it back with total honesty for me um, I feel like Belle is living vividly and I'm like crying every day, which is like, um, I actually spoke to London Laura about this uh, a few weeks ago and she was like, yeah, that just happens to, or I talked to a bunch of my friends as well that were my age and moved overseas. And they're like, yeah, we have these really fun, like gorgeous times. And then we just cry like once a day. And we were all talking about how we liked hearing that someone else was doing that as well because we were like it's not that you hate it it's just that there's something about you that's so different and so like high I'm like really highly strung compared to what I'm usually like and on this quest to like try and make new friends and try and learn a new language and try and find a place to work and the podcasts are so hard to do now and it's just like the world is in crisis I feel like I'm living mutedly (laughs) <laughs> Belle's living vividly because <laughs> Belle like is honestly everyone in her element we're like yin and yang right no, now I think. do you think yes I'm like sitting here like fucking sore throat off after two coronas and you're like got back at 1am in your co-working space <laughs> like it's it's just everyone that's just a bit of realness for you on the pod in case you think that it's all like Belle it's like 50% Belle and 50% Lucy. Yeah, okay. But and and to completely return the honesty as well, I'm definitely not like happy 100% <laughs> of the time. Like I'll definitely have a little cry in the supermarket or something. We Lucy and I always joke, can they ask us if, if we want a bag? It's just like, oh, no, don't do this to me today. No, it's like I don't actually know what you're saying. I'm just – I just know that this is how it goes, that at this point you ask me if I want a bag. <laughs> and so I'm saying no, but like – I can't actually tell what you No, it's very overwhelming, just like all the time I'm finding yeah. everyone. We're also trying to write a book, which is like the world's deepest stress. Yeah. I don't even yeah. I can't think of it today as the hours scroll by and I just desperately try and rehydrate my entire body. <laughs> um But this week's episode, so what describes my week, actually, first of all, mine was like, before I got really honest, it was um, a quest to make new friends, which I'm like on, and it's an ongoing quest. Same with you, Belle, actually. You're doing amazingly. (laughs) We like, um, (laughs) it's like every night you and I go out on our various quests and we're like, really proud of you. Just try and talk to one new person (laughs) and then like, yeah, ask them for a cocktail. Or, like, see yeah. if they want to do something next Sunday. <laughs> no, it's literally like, what can we do next Sunday that's, like, really normal, quite low stakes? And it's, like, a coffee, always. A coffee or a drink. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so now everyone's up to date with our loneliness, existentialism, and, like, kind of low-grade, constant culture shock. <laughs> um, we should probably talk to you about what this week's episode is on this week's episode was actually like 
decided by Ruby because she wrote the Should We Care this week and she wrote them both about celebrity. 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 I know, I'm dying. (laughs) I do this all the time. No, I, there was an episode of the shit show a few, like a few years ago, where I couldn't stop calling Donald Trump Donald Trump. Like I just couldn't <laughs> get it right, and that's bringing me back. Anyway, celebrity memoirs. Ruby wrote, and we're going to talk to you about um, Will and Jada because Jada's memoir has just come out. At, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, I should say, um, and Britney Spears's memoir, and then Bell. We're sort of going to talk about whether we've reached peak celebrity memoir. Yeah. Because I I feel like, I don't know, my guess is that we have but that people that don't know what they're interested in or don't know what kind of books they want to read are still going to keep buying them. That's my... Yeah, we'll always, that's a hot take. No, that is, that's like, they'll always be lining the shelves of Whitcalls lining the shelves of relay there'll yeah. be like what you buy your dad because he was interested in golf one time or yes. what you buy your auntie because she liked the movie with will smith in it and she'll like slosh a chardonnay over christmas break and like yes. get really fascinated about their backstory but yeah it's so interesting right and like we'll obviously delve deeper into this but it is this thing that we feel entitled to know more about particularly celebrities and then we're living in this crazy sort of state now where we have unprecedented access to random people's lives as well as celebrities and it's like we want more like we see them getting fucking dressed on tiktok every day and now we want to know more like yeah it's almost like a pr consultant has like gone in and mined someone's life to turn it into a book to then sell it and and that's what it feels like it's sort of gotten to exactly and I'm going to stop you there before we get to the end of the podcast's discussion before we describe it but I I agree and we always talk about the fact that we're never satiated we always want fucking more and anyway if people want to make money off of a memoir then honestly that's that's on them I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. But we're going to start with Will and Jada um, because, Belle, I don't know, have you actually seen the stories about Jada Pinkett Smith going around lately or is that outside of your, um, like, algorithms? (laughs) That's actually such a good way to frame it. Hey, like, what are your algorithms, like, serving you these days? So I've seen it on the periphery. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm, like, an avid celebrity gossip follower and I'm sorry to disappoint listeners but I promise you that I would be honest and real however that means that when something kind of breaks into my algo it's like kind of becoming quite massive so yeah it's that to me is really interesting and like again I think the PR side of this is like 
what's made it make headlines. But the whole thing is like secrecy because we don't feel like exactly. anyone has any secrets anymore. So when a secret is kept for this long, that's what's so fucking fascinating. Yeah. So what Belle's talking about is that um, essentially Jade has just released her new memoir, Worthy, which first of all, cringe name i'm sorry um looks like it's going to be on a like hashtag worthy like tumblr post back in 2014 anyway um she's just released within this memoir that her and will will smith have been secretly separated since 2016 and okay on the surface i was honestly like why do we care? Why do I always see stuff about Will and Jada? Like, why do we care so much? But as we're going to get into, and Ruby pointed me to a really good article that we'll put in the show notes and I'll be reading excerpts of throughout, is that they were like an emblem of a good black relationship at a time Mm. when people needed someone to look up to and they brought a lot of respect. And so we're going to give you a bit of a timeline. I say we. Ruby has done this work as per usual. Um, she's basically running this thing. I'm just reading it out to you all. But the timeline goes like this. In 1994, the couple actually met on the set of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh. Jada auditioned to play Smith's girlfriend, but she didn't actually get the role. And I didn't know that they met on set there. No, and I love a set meet. I love a set Same. meet. Same. And at the time, Will was actually married to another actress called Cherie Zampino. Will and Jada eventually started dating after this. Um, They maintained that it wasn't until Will had separated from Cherie. And at the time, Alex Abad Santos, who's the person that wrote this Vox article, said that this moment in popular culture, when they became this very well-known celebrity couple, Will and Jada, when they got married, was also a moment with a lot of reports and studies about the decline of marriage among black people. In many ways, they became symbolic of possibility, even though they're obviously in a whole different world. Fast forward to 2011, they've met on the set of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, they've gotten married, they now have two kids together, Jaden and Willow, they also have a son, well, Will has a son from his previous marriage called Trey, and then, this is 2011, Rumours start circulating that Jada has had an affair with J-Lo's husband, Mark Anthony. <laughs> As I live Is it Anthony breathe. or Anthony? I think the historic figure, Anthony, I think. Oh. <laughs> this is a Roman Empire throwback. <laughs> We're really showing our age difference. Oh, my God. Stop. <laughs> Don't embarrass me. <laughs> anyway, so rumours start circulating that um, – Yeah, she's having an affair with him, not the Roman emperor. And then the couple make a joint statement to People magazine saying, although we are reluctant to respond to these types of press reports, the rumours circulating about our relationship are completely false. We're still together and our marriage is intact. So that's kind of the first publicity, like, we don't want to talk about this, but she's not cheating and then in 2013 two years later rumors surfaced that will smith had an affair with margot robbie during the filming of their movie focus margot robbie okay so i looked into this a little bit and they both denied this they dismissed the claims um they did they took this like sort of saucy photo where i think will's shirtless and margot's like pulling up her top and she's got lingerie on underneath and posted it on instagram and this was in 2013 like instagram was a different time She's saying that it was like a funny 
innocent goofing off thing that they did. But obviously the rumor mill went crazy because it was kind of, it was quite a saucy pick. Um, and the rumors here, Belle, were telling people that they had an open relationship. So this is where the first like open relationship sort of chat started happening. The thread unravels. Jada then goes to Facebook to address these rumors <laughs> and she makes a statement. This is a sign of the times, eh? <laughs> Facebook. The statement ends with the following, Will and I both can do whatever we want because we trust each other to do so. This does not mean we have an open relationship. This means we have a grown one. So it doesn't really fan any flames or I don't know. Yeah, that's like such a PR response, isn't it? It's like we didn't not do it, but we're all good. And we're not not in an open relationship, but we're also not. We're just grown. (laughs) And then in 2015, Jada attended the Wireless Festival in London to support Jaden and Willow, her kids, who are both performing. And then she, who is 43, meets 22-year-old August Alsina for the first time. And not that we care about the age gap relationship. It just feels like something we should mention in here. In 2016, we now know that Will and Jada separated, but we only know that now. We didn't know that back then. In 2019, August releases a music video that's a 22-year-old. Yeah, this gets wild. Where he's texting someone named Corin, which is Jada's middle name, and then he also uses a gif of Jada in the video right after singing the lyric, you got me feeling like it was an act, you're just an actress, like you lost a man who loved you all all, all along. Um, He then denies the songs about Jada. And then... One year later, April 2020, while promoting his upcoming album, he claims in an interview that he gave years of his life to Jada in a romantic relationship with Will Smith's blessing. And then Jada's representatives say that these claims are absolutely not true. But then in July of 2020, so April, May, June, July, four months, they do a red table talk, Will and Jada, where Jada confirms that, yeah, she did have a relationship with August, the 22-year-old. No. But this is peak COVID too. Yes. Like celebrities are like, this. if, if there's any time yep. to come out with like guns blazing, yep. it's now. Yep. Um, but Will does say on that red table talk that he never gave the blessing to this relationship. So I'm not sure. Oh, my God. Um, July of 2020. Okay, bear in mind, we know now that they're – broken up since 2016 so like them doing that red table talk kind of unhinged great time to be an actor though like yes. do you think there's some there's like some fucked up kind of meta vibe going on where they're like entering these old characters yes. of their lives to uphold something that's so true um and then in 2022 two years after the red table talk we have the infamous oscars slap where Will tells Chris Rock to keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. And then now we're in 2023 and Jada has said that her separation from Will, yeah, happened back in 2016. Um, She said that their marriage, like the sort of, I don't want to say like falseness of it, but it persisted because they were just not ready yet and they were still trying to figure out between the two of us how we were going to be in a partnership in regards to, like to how they presented that to people. So that's why they said they sort of lied to everyone. Um, But she said that they like have been living completely separate lives. She also said that she was really confused when 
he called her his wife when he slapped Chris Rock. Well, this is unhinged. Sorry. Like, how much effort do you think went into, like, maintaining this facade? Well, I'm thinking about Princess Diana when she had to, like, keep up appearances with Charles and they were, like meet down the road from their kid's school in a car and then get in the same car and drive up the driveway and like why why like are we not beyond that and because this one's like they didn't have to keep up this facade like I feel like no one cared that deeply about whether they were together or not. So that's what's quite confusing. Um, So anyway, Jada also revealed that Chris Rock had actually previously tried to ask her out when he'd heard that Will and Jada had divorce rumours, which, like, kind of adds another element to the slap. Oh, okay, yeah. Jada actually said that when Chris Rock tried to ask her out, Chris said, well, aren't you and Will getting a divorce? And Jada was like, no, Chris, those are just rumours. So maybe they kept it secret from everyone in Hollywood too. Anyway. Yeah, like who knew? Who knew? And then also I wonder if it just like when you are upheld as like icons of a marginalised community, mm-hmm. there's a whole other element of pressure on you and and – Maybe there was, like, the politics of that were actually quite a powerful force in having to keep this facade up. I, yeah, I imagine so. And also, like, I mean, Will was still an actor and Jada wanted Red Table Talk probably to keep doing well and you can't have, like, your talk show without. I mean, it doesn't have to be about your own life, but you need to have, like, people talking about you to keep your, like, projects going. I don't know. Oh, yeah. But anyway, because now she's sort of gone back and said on the Today Show just recently that her and Will are reconciling. Or or I don't know if she said that, but she said, we're working very hard to bring our relationship back together, back to a life partnership. Here's the thing about husband-wife marriage for me my healing process. I came into that with very specific ideas that blocks me from seeing Will as who he is. He can't be this perfect idealized husband. I have to be able to accept him for the human that he is. He expe- he accepts me for the human that I am and we want to love each other there. And she suggests that they might even live in the same house now. What? It just like no. when I hear a celebrity quote like that, I'm like, cool, you went to therapy. Like, that's like straight yeah. out of the mouth of a therapist into hers and out into the world, which is like not a bad thing, but it's it's so strange that this is all playing out in this really messy, mysterious public way. And that it doesn't really make sense because now Will has gone to the New York Times in an email and said, when you've been with someone for more than half your life, a sort of emotional blindness sets in and you can all too easily lose your sensitivity to their hidden nuances and subtle beauties. That's what? That's like, that's it's a nothing. It's all a nothing. And like again, it's giving, it's giving like motivational quote. It's giving yeah, but it's saying something without saying anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It's like masterful. But um, anyway, that's the timeline. And there have been some people saying that Jade is kind of fame hungry or. The, which I think is just something that people throw at women and especially black women on the internet all the yeah. time. Like white women do this shit all the time and like Jada is allowed to write a memoir and allowed, like if anything, she's sort of tried to keep their 
I sound like a hypocrite, me. She's tried to keep their private life, like, private in a way where she's not told everyone about the divorce until she's releasing a memoir about it. But anyway, like, a lot of people have been saying that it feels like Will is trapped and that, like, she's crazy and, and things like that. But honestly, back to this Vox article, I think what you were saying before about them keeping up this facade because of the pressure is like a point that I hadn't thought about and a point that I think is like overshadowed everything else when I think about this now. And so um, Alex Abad Santos writes, the Smiths combination of aspiration and success creates a tremendous amount of pressure on the couple. Perhaps unfairly, they've become a cultural touchstone for black families, black relationships, and black love. Not only do both Will and Jada have to figure out the trickiness of their own marriage, but they also have to do so in the Hollywood spotlight. And on top of that, they carry the visibility of being pop culture's model black family. And then Alex continues to write about how so much of black life is consumed as a spectacle. And especially with social media, like, Social media has turned Will and Jada into the spectacle. You could argue that Will slapping Chris Rock was sort of him creating one of the biggest spectacles of all time. Um, But I do think, I love that Ruby put that in there because I think this is so much deeper than everyone just saying, like, oh, they lied to us. Oh, this is crazy. Oh, she's crazy, you know? like Yeah, totally, totally. And then, like, there's a whole other perspective to the argument, which is, like, women of famous men you know and and there's this like power reckoning of like I'm relevant too I've just had to spend my whole fucking life in the shadows and it's like this sort of wave of celebrity memoir is super interesting as well because it's like obviously a commercial gain and and they're trying to make money and, and relevancy off it but it's like they're all turning inward and being like we have to convince the world that we've earned our stripes or like earned our position to be here. Yeah. And um, I'd be really interested to know what the actual reception of, of the book itself is. Cause I've read like varying um, reviews on it. What's your take? I honestly, most of the stuff I've seen, obviously I haven't read the book. Most of the stuff I've seen is actually of people saying like, I feel like this press tour has told me, enough about the book that I don't need to read it like I wonder if it's worked in the opposite opposite way like all this PR oh my god I didn't think about that that's actually so devastating yeah (laughs) you like work up this big pop culture moment as a as a PR executive and you're like we're going to come out and tell the the secret that hasn't been broken and then everyone's like well you've sort of Sure, you've done your plot reveal like it's like a really good movie trailer that you watch and you're like oh that seems cool like I sort of got it all in the two and a half minutes no then you go and watch the movie and you're like okay well the best bit actually happened in the trailer and I saw that so that was one should we care um did you care about that Belle I have to ask okay I didn't but then when I heard you talk about it in that kind of more political way I'm interested I won't be buying the book, but um, maybe yep. check your Christmas stocking this year. I felt the exact same. I did not care, and I'd seen a lot of media around this. But then when yeah, Ruby put those perspectives in, I was like, okay, that actually – and that's what I like about this podcast. It, like, showed me a whole different way of looking at something and yeah. lets us share it. Another celebrity memoir story um, that's – 
sort of been playing in social media this week and one that I actually do care about because there is a lot we don't know about this person. And even though the plot point, one of them has been revealed, as we were just saying, maybe you shouldn't do, I feel like this is just one of many secrets um, for this person, this person being Britney Spears, who has one of the most interesting and secretive, like mystifying lives, well, had. Now there's been documentaries and, and, but still, I think because she's so unhinged on social media, it's really hard to know what's what's going on there. So yeah, and the nature of her story of of like how that's unfolded in the last ten years as well. It's such a classic example of like where is the truth yeah. in all of this? Like, what is the reliable source? Yeah, and and everyone seems like so unhinged within it. Anyway, so the first plot point that has been released in the lead up to Britney's memoir um being lit out first of all the memoir was sold for 15 million dollars to simon and Schuster. oh my god 15 million that's crazy apparently it's one of the biggest deals of all time we actually spoke about it i think when it got um signed on culture vulture a year ago whenever it happened um it's only behind the obamas that's like <gasps> yeah So, wow. Okay. On October 17th, People Magazine published an excerpt from the book. And in this passage, Brittany opens up about a painful experience that she's kept quiet for 20 years, revealing that she had an abortion after becoming pregnant with Justin Timberlake's child. Belle, have you heard about this? Yes. Oh, my God. Imagine if I hadn't. This is massive. I mean, they were like the ultimate white Disney couple in their double denim. You know, this was completely before she became unhinged and we saw the darker side of her life. They were both, like, at the peak of their pop careers. Justin Timberlake was about to release Justified, a seminal album. Like, the the intensity around keeping this secret at the time would have been huge. Yeah, And, and so she wrote... It was a surprise, but for me, it wasn't a tragedy. I love Justin so much. I always expected us to have a family together one day. This would just be much earlier than I'd anticipated. But Justin definitely wasn't happy about the pregnancy. He said we weren't ready to have a baby in our lives, that we were way too young. If it had been left up to me alone, I never would have done it. And yet Justin was so sure that he didn't want to be a father. Obviously, by done it, she was meaning get an abortion. To this day, it's one of the most agonizing things I have ever experienced in my life. Wow. Now, Brittany was 19 at the time, um, reportedly, and fans, after reading this, have sort of noticed a deeper meaning maybe in the song every time. I don't know if you've seen the music video for this, but there's a scene where she's in a hospital room and she's like walking past a bunch of patients and one of the patients has just given birth and is like holding her baby happily and and Brittany sort of looks at the scene and then wakes up from her hallucination. Oh, my God. I know. It's really interesting. Also, there's a July 24 report from The Sun that alleged that production of this book was actually delayed because of interventions from Justin Timberlake and (gasps) Colin Farrell. So, like, she's been linked to both these people. Um, The outlets reported that lawyers representing these two men requested to read the memoir prior to publishing. 
The Daily Mail has actually come out and refuted those claims, uh, saying that there were no legal threats from Justin or Colin. So who's to know there? Yeah. But it's so interesting as well because it's like when a pregnancy is involved, there's more than one person involved. So it's like not just your story. Oh, it's so fraught. Oh, I feel so uncomfortable about this. And maybe maybe I should know more about this, but in a memoir, don't you have to get legal permission or like consent? Run it by people, in, like in case of running risk of defamation and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think there's definitely got to be some legal in- My- intricacies there. But like, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, she wrote about him, so either way, there was a loophole or yeah. he knew about it and just had to sort of, like, nothing illegal. Yeah, so maybe he just had to suck it up. But anyway, at this stage, Justin hasn't responded and Brittany isn't happy with the headlines that have been coming out around this and she took to Twitter and said, my book's purpose was not to offend anyone by any means. This was me then. That is in the past. I don't like the headlines I'm reading. That's exactly why I quit the business four years ago. Most of the book is from 20 years ago. I have moved on, and it's a beautiful, clean slate from here. I'm here to establish it is that way for the rest of my entire life. Either way, that is the last of it, and shit happens. This is actually a book I didn't know needed to be written. Although some might be offended, it has given me closure on all things for a better future. Hopefully I can enlighten and people who feel particularly alone in the most in most cases or hurt or misunderstood again my motive for this book was not to harp on my past experiences which is what the press is doing and it's dumb and silly i have moved on since then and this is like a classic britney lots of exclamation points like more than even us like lots of dot dot dots <laughs> more than us oh it's like I get it, but sorry if you're re- if you're releasing a retrospective memoir, which memoirs yeah. are like things that have happened in the past, memories of real life experiences. Why are you now like shocked or like making a big deal about people talking about it? It's it's yeah, it's like I just I just think she's still fragile and like because of yeah. what she's been through, I think that she would have a hard time understanding consequences to her actions or like not in a bad way, consequences to like things she's written or posted because she went for so long without having to deal with any consequences because she was kept in a conservatorship. Like she didn't have any choices. So now that she has all these choices and like agency back, it must just be like, holy fuck. And then I do this and then people take it the wrong way. And then so – you're so right. You're so right. It's such a warped sense of reality. Yeah. And I guess like this brings up the sort of wider issue of why do people write memoirs? Is it for catharsis or is there a greater story behind it? And obviously with Brittany, there's such a complex one about celebrity and being young and, and successful. But I think it's really a really like interesting question that writers of memoirs have to ask is like, if I'm purely doing this for catharsis, is this yeah the right medium? Like Liv once asked me, like, do you think that writing a memoir is inherently narcissistic? Like years ago. And I said, yeah. honestly, I said yes. I was like, anyone that yeah. thinks their story is important enough to tell, like it's not even in a bad way. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't narcissistic. Yeah. Maybe it was like self 
centered. And I was like, you literally are centering yourself. Like it's yeah. such, and, and that conversation's never left me because I'm like, even if people could benefit from hearing your story, you're still deciding to like, and this is all very like Belle and I are writing a book right now and yeah. not a memoir, <laughs> but it's definitely the takeaways are rooted in things that have happened to us as young women growing up. Like, but it's like more, it's an essay collection, yeah. but we're struggling to call it that because it's not boring. Like your usual essay collection. It's, it's cute and fun. Um, so that's why it's very meta to be having this chat. Yeah, it's so meta. Ooh. But I think when it comes to the celebrity memoir, it's 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 different. Like I feel like people will buy Britney's book because there's so much mm. secrecy involved and so much nosiness that we all feel that like we want to know. And whether, as we were saying before off mic, whether celebrities are even reliable narrators yeah. of their own memoirs, or if anyone is, sure. and like back to your point earlier, Luce, which I think is like so buzzy about this is, is like, is writing about your life and putting it out in the world a self-centered thing. It's like, isn't making content about every outfit you're wearing a self-centered thing? Isn't like anything you post and put out into the world? This is like my daily mental struggle with loving being online and hating mm-hmm. it at the same time isn't just like putting anything out there in an act of like hey this is funny or I'm cool or look at this cute thing look at yes. it and react so it's just like yes. a, a more sort of permanent extension of that yes and like but it's so interesting because I feel like with celebrity memoirs they okay when I picture celebrities I picture like only a few left like like people that aren't on TikTok showing their outfits and stuff like A-listers yeah but I'm like there's not gonna be many of them because Gen Z don't give a fuck about like you know like big celebrity like there won't be the Britney Spearses and like Taylor Swift might be our last big like monocultural celebrity okay that's a hot take yeah that's like a whole other thing I don't actually even know where I was going with that, but I feel like these last like batches of the Prince Harrys and the Britney Spears and the Michelle Obamas, like these memoirs might be the last huge ones because yeah, everyone's becoming so self-centered and fractured that our circles, I think are becoming smaller and like, I don't know. I don't think you get a $15 million deal like you would for Britney's. I think you're right. And you know what the like kind of common theme and all of that is like, I hate to show our six year age gap, but like social media wasn't really around when Britney and Justin were rising to fame. So we got to know them through that really traditional TV magazine gossip lens of celebrity. So we know them in that really glossy way, the same way like, I wouldn't use Princess Diana as my like other example. And now we know celebrities through such a different kind of multifaceted, gritty yes. way. So their memoirs are of that time. Whereas like And yeah. they would have had things to clear up from that time to yeah. put in memoirs. Whereas with social media, people clear things up like on the daily. And a so simple piece of cam. Yeah. 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 So they had secrets that they could have been holding for years, like this pregnancy one that Britney's yeah. talking about that they can like reveal whereas I feel like in this day and age people jump on a podcast and are like hey 
this is what I went through last week. I have I've, tragic. Yeah, I cried in in the mini presso today. Yes, totally. It's something that I I think about at a on a wider level. I sound like I'm like gunning for a fucking philosophy TED talk now, but like this idea of mystery, and I just I worry about no more mystery being left in the world because we see everything and it's relevant to this conversation because when you are a celebrity and you're going out with a memoir there's got to be a secret there's got to be some mystery in there and when you're giving the internet all your mystery all the time what's left like what is the story left to to tell yeah extremely existential no I know but it's funny because it's like going back to our original question of have we reached peak celebrity memoir I didn't actually know that I had an answer to that before we've started chatting and we're talking about how there's no more big celebrities and there's not that much mystery left anymore and so I think we have reached definitely peak in terms of sales I don't think there'll be like as I was saying before huge like one celebrity I mean, there'll be there'll be a few more. There'll be maybe like ten years more of it, or five years more of like yeah. we all care about this sports star and this singer, yeah. and like. But I think we might have reached peak celebrity memoir, and it's it's going down now. I agree. Okay, my two other takes are one: I think always sport. There'll always yes. be high performance sports people. Yes, memoirs because of the nature of like analyzing sport, and because content creators can't overtake sports stars yeah like they can become dual content creators and sports stars but that's so true yeah um so that's my first take and my second is like I think the form will change like the structure on the format of a, a celebrity memoir will have to change then if it's not all kind of like hinging on this big secret revelation maybe it it will kind of morph into something else yeah or maybe it's like they're having to manufacture like oh I don't God, know they're having to be so like fucking dystopian no I know like hey um so yeah you know what I did 10 years ago yeah that was a total lie like I, I don't no. I don't know but that's that's really interesting yeah if it's not all hinging on a big secret I saw in um there's a vice piece Belle was it vice that you read yeah in preparation for this and I didn't read it because I wanted to come quite fresh to this, the discussion but I saw on the cover like a Love Island star from like six years ago that has released a memoir and I was like okay we've reached peak memoir yeah then. yeah a hundred percent but like it oh. I, it's, it's really funny having this conversation, writing a nonfiction collection with you, like in, in the particular p- part of the process that we're in, um, because these are conversations we are having in our own lives in day to day, like work and, and we, which stories are valid and, and why and always trying to make sure that yes. it's just beyond our own catharsis, as we mentioned, but Absolutely. That Vice article is really good. We should link it in the sh- into the show notes because they talk about like, yeah, their, their job is to convince us that they've earned their stripes of celebrity. And, and um, there's a great quote that says like, soon we're just living under a, a sky of infinite boring stories. And it does. It's like, what's a good story these days? It's got surprise, it's got mystery, and it's got revelation. And like, again, if we're seeing these people every day on social media in these like very intimate forms, yeah, where's the story now? This is I know. boring. 
This has actually been like an extension of our book club podcast, which not to turn this into a big plug, <laughs> but if you like this type of convo, mm. you'll love being part of our book club. Also, if you like this type of convo, you can pre-order our book. It's called Make It Make Sense, and we will link that in the show notes um, as we've talked about time and time again. It's an essay collection that's not about how to get famous or how to read the news. It should be about trying to make sense of these goddamn lives we're all trying to live yeah. and in a way that feels good to you and, like, close to the bone. But, Belle, yes. aside from writing this book, I do need to know what's on your radar. Okay. I have. I think I referenced this film where in one of my newsies and I just haven't gotten round to watching it. Um, but I'm getting on a three hour flight on Thursday and I'm kind of like mentally scheduled myself in to watch past lives. It's an A24 film about, um, and it was sort of like written and acted and directed and crewed by predominantly, a predominantly Korean American crew. And it's like, got amazing reviews and it's just sort of like based on this concept of fate and do you have one person you're sort of predetermined and what happened to, to love and what happens when they come back into your life and um, read into that as you will I can see you laughing at me um, so I'm really <laughs> excited to, to watch that and then I've just seen the A24s released in another another film that I want to watch um, directed by Steve McQueen about Amsterdam and World War II. Um, so that's why I'm – your face? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like – I'm like – no, we are like um, – not to say we're like, we're not like, but this is like the high-low where I'm coming with the low culture and you're coming with no, the high culture. it's like I'm your like, like – grandma friend like we joke about this no. in, in our real life in our living life no too. <laughs> you're the it's actually changed to you're the chic friend and I'm the sort of weird friend really or like the or the like two online friend I don't know yeah I think we have multiple like spheres of living like for example when we went to the rugby we were just like both in unhinged fuck friends so <laughs> we can, yes there was nothing yes. chic about um binge drinking beers and being absolute rat girls there so I don't know maybe we can occupy many different spheres but what about you I want to know what's on your radar um you'll be proud that today <laughs> everyone I don't know if you can tell I'm a little bit or oh, just a little bit throaty a little bit ill but nothing to worry about thank you everyone for questioning uh <laughs> for sending me your well wishes um I watched half of when Harry met Sally. What? Why are you doing all this stuff without me? <laughs> and I should have waited for you because the reason I only watched half was because I realized halfway through that I was like not focusing, oh, you know, when you're like okay. thinking about a million other things. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, but also on my radar is Lessons in Chemistry, which Belle has started and lives read the book and – I want to watch. Yeah, so. that's that's a good watch. And when Harry Met Sally is a relevant fashion reference at the moment because that whole um, Meg Ryan, is it Meg Ryan? Fashion yeah. is like completely back the little waistcoats and the kind of suit pants and a little bit of that like Woody Allen adjacent um, film is it's making a real comeback with the girlies. So now you've seen that film, you'll see that fashion everywhere. 
Well, I've seen half of it. Yeah. So maybe I'll just have the waistcoat and I'll still be wearing some Gen Z shit on the bottom. Correct. I've got you in a little waistcoat because for some reason it just takes me to no. magician. Like it's not. <laughs> it could, yeah, I will never. Honestly, I think we've joked about this before that we'd never be seen dead in a waistcoat. Oh, it would just not do wonders for me at all. No. At all. It was in it was in Leon that we joked about that. <laughs> I am like not gonna get this image out of my mind now of like walking home and just seeing you like as a busking magician. <laughs> Lisbon was like, What the fuck? Like, wow, things have really taken a turn. No one bought the book. Like, she needs to pull a rabbit out of her hat. <laughs> Literally. I'm just like, get home from work each day. Like, what are you, what's been going on? Um, I'm <laughs> here for it and I will support you in your magician journey. Thank you. Now, everyone, you can find us in the morning newsletter. Um, you can find Belle in the Sunday newsletter. You can find Belle on Instagram at Belle Hawkins. You'll be able to find her if you just start typing in Belle. Um, you should join our book club. Yeah. And you should buy our book. Wow, a lot of plugs. Sorry. But just joyous to be here. Absolute love this. Joy. Love this convo. This felt like, you know, when you just get into a really meaty convo with a friend, which we do all the time, but, like, this just felt like... I unlocked some things that I didn't go into the podcast thinking that I would. So thanks, Yes. Belle. No, same. And sometimes I feel like because I, I love pop culture but I don't live in it that I'm not like schooled enough to yeah. have a hot take on it. But actually, yeah, I always learn really interesting shit from yeah. this, this combo. That's a good thing about this vibe though is like, we don't all have to go into a conversation with a hot take yeah. and that's very true of the internet right now. It's like you can figure out how you feel by learning and talking to people and like you don't have to start the conversation with your hottest goddamn take because oh God. it's probably misinformed. Anyway. We won't go down that. Yeah. But heavy agree. We'll see you next week instead of going down this rabbit hole now. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.